halftime. You're doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl? You do halftime! That was incomprehensible. Was that even in English? What was all that yelling? It was barely. They were they were doing a, a sketch announcing Justin Timberlake hosting the Super Bowl halftime show. On the Fallon Show. Great. So after, what was it, two years ago that he showed us an old lady's areola and scarred the retinas of America? First appearance by Justin Timberlake since 14 years ago when he shocked the nation by showing Janet Jackson's nipple. The nipple that was heard around the world and had reverberations in the radio industry for some reason. We went from a show that had no delay, which is really probably not a very good idea. Yeah. But we had no delay for many years, and it didn't didn't do us any harm. So what do we got? Like a we got like a, it's an, a day delay. This is actually Friday's right. show you're hearing now. We had to come in Sunday to tape this show. <laughs> the delay is so long in case anybody shows their nipple and, or something. And the Super Bowl itself has like a thirty second delay now in case anything happens, so they can Does shield the players swear, swear all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it gets caught mm-hmm. on the mics. Um, and well, we, we never figured out exactly what happened. And the, the, the key to that story, of course, is the fact that I had a child in my house. This was before I had kids. I had a neighbor's kid at my house that I was watching for a little bit when the nipple was shown on television. Oh. 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 And she just cried and cried and cried, as many of us did. But so uh, after all these years, Justin Timberlake has been uh, invited back. And I'm sure he will make a long and thoroughly exhausting statement about how there will be no repeat of the horrors uh, of uh, the previous. He'll uh, be asked. Around. He'll be asked endlessly about that. And holy crap, who could get more tired of that? Right. Right. Um, we're going to talk to Mike Lyons at about uh, 7:45, roughly, uh, about a number of things, including the fact that we have 240,000 active duty troops in 172 countries currently. 172? That's what it says in the New York Times. I find it hard to believe there are 172 countries. Does that include Marines guarding embassies? Yeah, I think that includes all kinds of stuff that is not a big deal at all. Right. But also includes stuff like special forces walking around in Niger doing something mm-hmm. that John McCain seems to be surprised by. So... Mm. Let's uh, let's let's try to get to the bottom of that. So very briefly here, the accusations against Bill O that we were talking about earlier, Lee Wheel apparently um, had uh, previously alleged he'd repeatedly harassed her, had engaged in a quote non-consensual sexual relationship with her. But so that's completely unclear what that means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I came across that. So does that he did he rape her? Wouldn't you just call that rape? What's a non-consensual sexual relationship? That sounds like rape to me. Uh, n- well, no, not necessarily, because it could be verbal, or he'd send her oh. gay pornography and other sexually explicit material. Uh, a non- which is... So you're saying it could be... Well, lawyers are involved, so who the heck knows? But engaged, quote, in a non-consensual sexual relationship with her. Surely he doesn't pay out $32 million because he sent her, you know, inappropriate uh, texts and stuff. Surely not. That's creepy and weird if he did that, but... O'Reilly's spokesman said 21st Century Fox had paid out close to $100 million to dozens of women who had alleged harassment by other men at the network. Fox re-signed O'Reilly earlier this year. He wrote after the company had analyzed and considered all the allegations against him. Um, and O'Reilly says, oops, I, somehow I missed it. He, uh, it, well, he's said the same sort of thing before. He had to protect my, quote, I have to protect my children from the horror 
close quote, of continuing adverse publicity. That's it, O'Reilly said. I knew if I took this to court, there would be three years of unrelenting headlines. That's why I did it. That's always... So the $32 million figure, he and his publicists are saying, that's not me. That has nothing to do with me. 21st Century Fox paid out nine figures, low nine figures, 100 million, please. Um, but th- th- there's no $32 million Bill O'Reilly settlement. They're just calling bunk on it. Yeah, but God, that's an extraordinary amount of money, whoever was throwing it around, whatever direction. Um, what, what the hell? I don't know. I'm confused by it. Were they just in a situation where they wanted their biggest star? They didn't want any problems. Fine, whatever. He's he's our cash cow. Then it turned out very shortly thereafter they ended up having to get rid of him. Yeah, although remember, all this has to do with wanting to buy Sky News in Great Britain, and the British Parliament was up in arms because they didn't mm-hmm. want a sexually harassing company taking over, or a company that was soft on sexual harassment, taking over a big British media company. So it, it could have just been a desperate attempt to make it all go away quickly, they wrote a che- they wrote checks for a hundred million dollars, according to this guy, and I don't think anybody's denying it, to make a billion dollar deal. Yeah, which is good and math over you know long term, many billions of dollars. Unless we all had good timing. Uh, yeah, I yeah I guess. Although it's in, entirely possible O'Reilly was, you know, not entirely uh, gentlemanly. Well, I don't I, know. I don't think he probably was. I believe there's enough allegations out there. Of course, his claim has always been that I'm not going to put my kids through one of these trials. I'm not going to fight these and and have have lawyers do and trolls do what they do in trying to tear you apart. Uh-huh. And uh, I can understand why you'd want to avoid that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that strategy only goes so far. Right. When the 432nd woman comes right. up and says, yeah, he, he groped me too. I want a million bucks. At some point, you got to do something about so it. So over the weekend at Fidelity Investment... Um, Allegations of sexual harassment at Fidelity Investment, which is the biggest holder of money, whatever that is that they do. I think they have a chunk of mine. They have a lot of mine, yes. Be careful. Um, uh, another employee, many employees have departed recently. Another one over the weekend as the company deals with complaints of an abusive uh, workplace. Um, it just says abusive. It doesn't say specifically sexual. Um, and uh, another director that we may talk about more later in the show, a uh, big-time Hollywood person that I hadn't heard of until I read this, but all kinds of women coming forward saying he's been doing this sort of things, the Harvey Weinstein sort of thing. Yeah, and people who know him say, oh, yeah, he's a pig. So there doesn't appear to be any doubt. He just did it for decades. Decades. Guy was first uh, came to fame in 1974 or something like that. Amazing. So the hashtag Me Too. So yes. this, I came across this headline over the weekend. I went public with my sexual assault, and then the trolls came for me. I worry that some women will learn like I did that saying hashtag Me Too attracts people determined to discount your assault. Well, what was her assault like? We'll read that for you coming up next. And then this is kind of interesting. In the current culture that we're in with um, uh, the, the, the campus rape culture, they call it. Right, in the whole Title IX guilty until proven innocent uh, trend on campuses that's gotten a lot of attention as well. So I'm going to read this woman's first-person account of what she called a rape, and then you determine what you think about it. All right. All right, and it's, um, I think this is where we're going with this whole story uh, for a lot of people. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Trump-free Monday. We made the decision at 6.04. We're going Trump-free today. Any argument, controversy, story, whatever, will still be here tomorrow. Let's all just take a break. Yeah. And, you know, there's always the chance that something this is the big story of the day will be gone by tomorrow because we'll be on to the next big story, and mm. you won't have missed much. I just need a break. Just felt like we needed a little break. Well, well I hear that. They'll all be here tomorrow. Uh, interesting stuff, uh, you know, afoot on the whole tax proposal. Watching the Sunday shows yesterday, it seems like it seriously got a chance of uh, something happening, mm-hmm. something fairly big happening. So, <clears throat> good thing or bad thing, um, depends who you are. There's one really nice guy. Uh, I went into the halls here, and he always says, "You have a chill weekend." And uh, I did not have a chill weekend, mm. so I just want to throw it out there for those of you who didn't have a chill weekend, like if you got a couple of kids that have colds and your wife's sick and all that sort of for stuff. For instance. And you're working your ass off the whole time, and it wasn't a chill weekend. There's some of us in in every workplace in America that did not have a chill weekend. So, Would you like to hear about my weekend? I'm thinking your weekend was chill. Super chill. <laughs> Chilly willy. Are you kidding? Like my senatorial candidate, Kid Rock, says, I got a yacht with a flag that says chillin' the most. (laughs) (laughs) That's a platform I can get behind. (laughs) So, back to the the, the whole sex thing, and uh, I'm nervous about doing this. Uh, I'm nervous about doing this. Nervous about doing this segment. I don't want to come off as a, as a, as something that gets me in trouble. Well, okay, why don't you give me the, lay the facts on us. Yep. I just think there's an opportunity... For the pendulum to swing way far the other direction on this whole uh, get, getting away with uh, treating women horribly thing. Sure. I don't want to not go after people like Harvey Weinstein or O'Reilly if he did the things he's accused of or whatever. I want you to go after him. I don't care if you shoot people who do that. Guy who pushes a woman in a corner and yanks it in front of her, freaking put a bullet in his head. Fine with me. Wow, that's a little disproportionate. That person is, what? there's no fixing that person. So you want to kill him in cold blood extrajudicially. I think you're probably right about this story. You shouldn't do it. No, I want want that to be the penalty for the crime. Go through the court system, do the whole thing. That Ah. should be the penalty for the crime. And then shoot him. I think rape should be a capital offense. Sure. I've always said that. Um, but I think we're going to swing way far the other direction, and this is this is interesting. This is from the Washington Post. I went public with my sexual assault, and then the trolls came for me. I worry that some women will learn, like I did, that saying hashtag Me Too attracts people determined to discount your assault. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. Mm. A little over a year and a half ago, I wrote an essay about my sexual assault. Um. When I wrote this essay, I was naive about the repercussions women who write about sexual assault face. I shrugged off a friend who warned me about trolls because I thought trolls were Internet bots, not actual people who turn out to be the kind of awful human beings that might threaten to kill you. On Facebook, where my essay was shared by more than 10,000 people, commentators argued that I what I wrote about was not rape, but regret. I was selfish. I was a pathetic slut. A few were savvy enough to tag my personal accounts on both Facebook and Twitter just in case I missed their comments on one of their platforms, which I did not because I could not stop obsessing over them. And she goes on and on about how if you come forward with a hashtag Me Too, people are going to come after you. And I thought, well, I've got, and they've got a link to her original essay from a year and a half ago. So I thought, i got to read that, right? Sure, yeah. That's what i got to do. How did people respect? So now I'm going to read this. More or less word for word as she wrote it, but I'm going to leave out, uh, this is not for the kids to hear, by the way, and some of it's a little graphic, so I'll change. 
You okay? A boy asks me in the middle of consensual sex. That's the first sentence. She states consensual sex. Just saying. You okay? A boy asks me in the middle of consensual sex. His hands are firm on my hips, his breathing ragged in my ear. I turn my head to the side, twist my mouth into a grimace. He's having trouble getting there, he tells me. He'll finish soon, he said. It hurts, I tell him. You want to stop, he says, without pausing. There's a slight annoyance in his voice as he continues. I'm really close. I don't remember the feel of the boy's hands. I don't remember his caresses or kisses. I don't remember the words he said to me before we started having sex. I do remember his heaviness pressed against me, the way he pinned me down by the very act of what we were doing, his erratic, persistent, insistent movements, his loud pleasure in my pain. I remember speaking this quiet, muffled answer, kind of, but it's unclear I will remind myself later for days, for weeks, for years, what exactly I've said kind of, too. It's too noncommittal and it's too late. Just let me finish, he said. It won't be much longer. He hurries, and then he finishes. He slumps on top of me, and though I'm not sure why, I start crying. When he sees me, he's angry. Why didn't I tell him I was crying, and why didn't I say I wanted him to stop? He feels weird now. He feels guilty. I've ruined this for him. I'm always ruining things for him. And then she goes into uh, a bunch of other stuff. Wow. So that's the essay that got shared 10,000 times with a bunch of people saying, that's not a rape. And she says that if you come forward with that story... You're going to have the trolls after you All and right. to watch out for the hashtag me too, because if you come forward with your story of rape, people are going to uh, downplay it. No, no, that's a woman with problems. She's obviously well, it got posted has the, problems. The original got posted in the Washington Post and then this follow up a year and a half later was in the Washington Post. I don't know how people are reacting to it, but I just think if that's rape, if that's where we're going with this whole thing. Boy, we're going to have a lot of problems. Well, and if and this is a serious, this is not some sort of wild uh, dystopian hypothetical. If you get into a situation where, for instance, a couple of twenty-year-olds on a college campus have consensual sex, and then the next day one of them thinks, "I shouldn't have done that. What the hell was I thinking? I'm disgusted with myself." If you can start calling that rape, well, then they do in Europe, right? There are some countries in Europe where, yeah, that's yeah. If anybody expresses regret, although they don't, and the penalties the, are not the same. And that's the standards they want on some campuses in uh, the United States, right? If, right. If the yeah. next day you decide you wish you hadn't done that, then that then they the other person has done something wrong. Right. Exactly, and should be prosecuted for it without defense. And uh, and if sufficiently witch hunty, they'll lose their Title IX funding, and they're all terrified of that. So, yeah, if I mean. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I'm sorry that 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 woman has emotional problems and I have nothing but sympathy for her. But she needs to either not have sex with anybody or or get her her head straight. You know, was was it a little less than romantic and beautiful? Uh, Yes. Yeah. And I feel bad for everybody involved, but it certainly wasn't rape. Boy, that's somebody with some head problems. Well, I thought it was interesting. You know, that's not just. Somebody with a Facebook page, and that's getting shared around. The Washington Post chose to ran that, run that in the midst of this big, you know, national conversation we're having about the hashtag MeToo and people finally coming forward. And is this the finally the turning point in a culture that allows this sort of thing? That's the story that they decided to go with to make the point, which I thought was pretty interesting. I would say that's just strange. So you're in agreement with me that that's not uh, exactly rape? No. She was horrified that people were denying that she was raped. Right, 
Right, which, you know, is uh, that's on her. On the other hand, I certainly imagine I've seen enough Internet comments to know that they probably went way, way too far. And and there were trolls being trolls. So, well, the, the, the New York Post ran the follow up to the original. I'm assuming to make the point that, yeah, if you come forward with your story of being raped, this is what could happen to you. I think that was probably their point. Yeah, well, I I don't know. The New York Post or the Washington Post? Washington Post. Oh, okay. Um, Did I say New York? Yeah. Let, which, me, let me check that and make sure I got it. Which no, only, it's Washington Post. Which only matters because sometimes the New York Post is wacky. True. Um, True that. Although the Washington Post is frequently out wacky in their own way. It's a different brand of wacky. Well, okay, yeah, that's so, yeah. It's difficult to be concerned about the backlash, even as virtually every industry in America, at the highest level, is now saying openly, yeah, we're full of it over here, too. A little over a year and a half ago, I came forward about my rape. That's not rape. That's not rape by any legal definition. And then the trolls came out. That's no, and I'm talking about by any legal de- definition. You want to talk morally or ethically? Uh, my position is the same. Um, not to say I liked it or it's pleasant or I enjoyed hearing that story. No, I didn't enjoy reading it. I was uncomfortable with it, as I said. Yeah. Well, I just wonder if that's where we're going, or if that's where the, the Washington Post crowd wants us to go. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that 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 that's what's being pushed? Some people within the post sure have that opinion. I'm sure they think what's happening on college campuses is perfectly acceptable. Well, how can we can we do somewhere in the middle? Can we start with everybody? If you know that a Harvey Weinstein exists, we we call him out and send him to jail, or uh, you know, or worse. Can we can we can we start there? We don't let Harvey Weinstein's or Bill Cosby's or whoever get away with this for decades. No. That's a lot more complicated uh, than you make it. Uh, and we don't really have time to get into this right now. Boy, this is, I'm, I'm tempted to go back and talk to, talking about Trump instead of sexual assault all day. But I tweeted uh, a piece written by a woman um, about what happened to her and how if you've never had it happen to you, Stop lecturing me on how to handle it. And it is beautifully written, insightful, and and tough to take. But the whole, you know, and look, none of this stuff is simple. But the whole, you know, if Harvey Weinstein yanks it in front of you, you've got to come forward. No, you don't. No, you don't. Your life will probably be happier and more profitable if you don't. Should you? I don't know. So we got a couple of texts. Uh, I fear the slander of rapist is getting ready to be the new racist. Mm. You can use that on anybody. Yeah. And then you're immediately in a defensive crouch. Um, Looking at my Facebook this week was vomit inducing. I'm a woman. But the whole hashtag me too thing is another virtue signaling, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We got this. I'm just this is not funny. This is not cool. I'm just going to say this because I know this is making arounds. In fact, I am blocking this person right now. Um, hashtag is also known as pounds, so you could just that might just say pound me too. Oh boy, which is not at all what I, 
I don't. I don't think you no. need to block them. But I'm going to block them because I don't think that's you funny. You are very quick on the block trigger. Yeah. Well, I don't have any patience for that sort of thing. It's Blocktober, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that rapist might be going the direction of a racist, and it's something that's thrown around pretty casually. Uh, based so it would on, seem. Based on that uh, that article in the Washington Post. Which, like false accusations of racism, purely serves to devalue real allegations. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. We got Mike Lyons coming up in about 15 yep. minutes talk about a bunch of different military things going on. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Breitbart editors Steve Bannon really going after establishment Republicans in a fiery speech over the weekend. And Diet Soda Company facing a major, major lawsuit. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. We got a number of women texting saying, "I if 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 that was rape, I've been raped a lot of times because I have many uh, bad morning memories." Say a lot of our textures. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't there. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. McMaster said on Friday about North Korea. Maybe we'll bring that up with Mike Lyons coming up in a little bit. Oh, I almost made a reference to the leader of North Korea using the uh, parlance of our POTUS, but it's a Trump-free Monday, so I won't. Trump-free Monday. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Breitbart editor Steve Bannon lighting up the GOP over the weekend, broadening his attacks in the Washington establishment to include former Republican President George W. Bush describing him as a failure. I want to apologize up front to any of the Bush folks outside uh, in this audience, okay? Because there has not been a more destructive presidency than George Bush's. Yay, boo, boo, yay. A few claps, few boos, mostly nothing. During his keynote speech at the uh, California Republican Convention, Bannon also went after Republican Senator John McCain. John McCain, his service in the United States Navy is a pride to every naval officer how he handled himself, and how John McCain's handled himself with this horrible disease he has, and the the class that his wife and his daughter have shown, the whole family, and his two sons who serve in the uh, Marine Corps. John McCain deserves our respect. However, as a politician, John McCain's just another senator from Arizona. As far as the GOP's future in very, very blue California, it is about winning. Nothing else matters. If you want to take your state back, if you want to take your country back, you're going to have to roll your sleeves up. Take I, no prisoners. I'd like to hear more of that. Those clips were highly unsatisfying. Not your problem, Marshall, but, I mean, go on. What did he say about McCain? That was all nice stuff. What, what, what is he talking about? California Republicans have to roll up their sleeves and do what? Maybe we'll get more of that. So I saw old Mitch, the uh, yeah. cartoon turtle on uh, one of the talk shows yesterday, <laughs> the leader of the Senate. Yes. And he was talking about the, the big Tea Party movement from back in the day. And when they ran a number of candidates, really bad candidates, Yeah. Uh, they, they got the nomination, terrible candidates, races that were impossible to lose that they lost. And so the Democrats took control of the uh, Senate. Or kept control of the Senate. I don't remember which. At any rate, the Republicans would have had control if they'd have run more mainstream um, candidates. And so so Mitch McConnell was making that point. He said, look, if you don't win, you just go home. You don't get to do anything. And I was thinking, okay, fine. So you Republicans win. You've got more power than you've had in a 100 years. And what 
do we have to show for it? You didn't do anything worth anything against Obamacare. So far, I've seen nothing on the cutting the size and scope of government. So you can talk about winning for your team uniform, but I don't see anything for what most people vote for Republicans for. Right. So who cares? Right. It doesn't matter to me whether the Republican Party has the Senate or not. If the Republican Party has the Senate, and nothing occurs. Exactly. He only cares you care about, about governance. They no. care about politics. He likes to have the big office and the biggest power, but that doesn't mean anything to me as a small government low taxes guy. Right. So far, you haven't done anything. I like the list of candidates he cooks up to. Sharon Angle was a halfwit. She's a lovely gal, nice woman. But Anybody could have won that race. Anybody but her. Against Harry Reid. It was, it was unlosable, and she lost it. Christine O'Donnell, is that the witch Yeah, she woman? was a witch, and she wasn't a very good candidate then, either. Then Todd Aiken, was he the guy who I don't remember made some, uh, some terrible statement about rape or something like that? It was inexcusable. So the, the problem was not the Tea Party philosophy of responsible, limited government. The problem was you cooked up some dope. So that that's incredibly disappointing to me. Well, we tried, man. It didn't work. Well, you tried it poorly. So Mitch, try it again. His line has been for the last week, Mitch McConnell, you only get to make policy if you win. Well, what's the policy you're making other than making government bigger and more expensive? Right. Got people now suing Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, all claiming diet sodas made them fat. Interesting. They're saying. What the, if it's going to be the end of diet soda? They're saying the aspartame, the sugar substitute used in the uh, diet sodas, is what is to blame. And you'll have a giant aspartame. Recent scientific that stuff. Recent scientific findings have linked aspartame to cardiovascular disease and diabetes, and shows. It interferes with the body's ability to metabolize calories. Other than that, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) The suit says marketing the beverages as diet is misleading and unlawful. Well, there's no need for a lawsuit. That's just lawyers trying to get rich, but it's state America. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. The biggest story, perhaps, of the century coming up. Of the century? Of, you heard me! Insects are disappearing. The world of insects is disappearing. Good, you say. Well, you're an ignoramus. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) We're also going to talk to Mike Lyons about the sentencing of one Bo Bergdahl next. I want to ask him about North Korea. As McMaster said on Friday, the government policy is to not allow them to become a nuclear power. Not containment. We are not into containment. We are not going to allow them. Wow. How will the world's most malevolent weeble react? Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. president's been extremely clear on on his perspective on North Korea. Uh, he is not going to accept this kind of, this regime threatening the United States with a, with a, a nuclear weapon. He just won't accept it. So uh, there are those who have said, well, you know what? What about accept and deter? Well, accept and deter is unacceptable. And so so this puts us. Uh, in, in a situation where we are in a race to resolve this uh, short of, of military action. 
Some people saw that as scary talk. The National Security Advisor saying uh, containment, accepting is not uh, not an option. Not an option. You know who he's uh, tight with, McMaster? Hmm. Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter has been asking McMaster if uh, he could go over and uh, talk to the little weirdo in North Korea. Try hmm. to work something out. No. Jimmy Carter. And so no, far, sir. he has not been sent. Right. That is interesting. Among hmm. topics we'll discuss with Mike Lyons. Mike Lyons, CBS military analyst, joins us. Mike, uh, greetings. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. You want to start with Bo Bergdahl or uh, North Korea? Let's since start we're with on. North Korea okay. as long as we're there. Um, just McMaster making the statement, containment, um, accepting them, not an option. Is that just bluster? I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'll see Jimmy Carter anywhere near North Korea, given what happened last time. We tried that once already. It didn't work. Like Jimmy Carter, obviously, Naval Academy grad, but uh, did not get it, the result we needed. I, I do think we're just continuing to, you know, kind of lob volleys of words back and forth, uh, not using the classical foreign policy terms, which is why the foreign policy community is just up in arms over this. You know, they want the standard, you know, kind of in the box, you know, same kind of answers that we've done since the end of the Second World War, really. But this president and McMaster and this team around him is going to continue to be disruptive and do things that are that are not in, in line with what uh, the foreign policy community wants. And I think that was part of the reason why he said what he said. Are you nervous about the whole North Korea thing? Like, are you concerned? Uh, well, sure. Anytime there's a possibility uh, of something happening, I'm worried more about a mistake that, that that he makes on his side that causes us to have to respond. Uh, that's happened before. Um, there, there's always tension that, that exists there. I'm worried about uh, what, what South Korea could do, Japan there as well. I'm um, sure we've got to be concerned here. I'm just concerned that we don't have people in the world that, on the other side that realize the, the, what, a, what a threat he is. The Chinese don't realize what a threat he is. But every other, you know, these, these Asian communities think 100 years in advance. The Chinese have already, you know, in history, they've murdered 250,000 of their own people in one full swoop back in the Second World War and the war against Japan. So they, they don't see this as any kind of humanitarian crisis. That's what's going on in North Korea. So that's what I'm more worried about is that nobody else sees the threat that he really is to, to everybody. Hmm. Interesting. And an imbalance in priorities and, and, and view of the world. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, things happening around the world, uh, Lindsey Graham the other day saying, look, the fight against uh, fundamentalist Islam, he was implying, has moved mm-hmm. to Africa. Uh, more attention in the wake of the events in Nigeria being uh, paid to the fact that we have uh, hundreds of thousands of troops in 150, 170 countries, depending on who you listen to. Uh, what yeah. do you think of all that? Yeah, I'm not sure it's that high a number, actually. I had done a briefing about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm surprised that he that didn't know we had troops in Niger. That, that memo sh- went out a couple of administrations ago at this point. Um, and we do the classic Green Beret Special Forces mission if you, that we did in Vietnam. Uh, we're working alongside with the partners there. Now, unlike Vietnam, the, the armies in these places are, are being trained, and they're more competent, and, and they don't have the same level of threat. They're not fighting you know, the Viet Cong, and they're not fighting the North Vietnamese Army. Um, they're fighting terrorist organizations. I see people complaining and, and all up in arms about where's their armor, where's their protection. That's the mission is just just that. It's not armored. It's not protection. It's alongside a special forces squad, alongside these uh, these troops, trying to learn the, the the training environment that's there. So it's it is part of the game, and it's just really what what they do for a living. And every once in a while, they get into a firefight like this. We don't know how many died on the other side. I guarantee it was probably a couple of hundred that are killed on the other side. That's and and while I'm not into the body count thing. I assure you, I'm sure that our side did did very well militarily. Well, do you think anything hinky went on there? There's a couple of stories over the weekend, I don't know if they've been confirmed or not, of 
they called for help a long time before uh, before it was over, and none came, and that sort of thing. Well, I always know there's a problem with an army operation when what trickles out is there was no air support, right? And and the problem there is the army owns its own air support. It owns its own helicopters, and and that's the reason why we put helicopters for the army. I mean, the army can't complain about not having the air force all the time. We get that, or the navy. And if I'm in the middle of a combat zone, and if I'm complaining about the navy, something's really bad, right? So, but the point is, when they say there was no air support there, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, I'm sure we had air assets that were there or someone assigned to them. Whether they were turned on or not remains to be seen. Whether they dropped their guard because they didn't anticipate it. But I do think going forward they will change some procedures to make sure that they've always got helicopters or somebody standing by. Because that, that third dimension of warfare always tips the balance in our favor. Anytime we fight somebody, terrorists, you know, you name it, the, the air superiority that we, we've had since the end of the Korean War. No, no U.S. troops have ever been strafed since the end of the Korean War. Um, you know, that's something we're never going to give up. Mike Lyons, CBS military analyst on the line. Mike, let's spend a minute talking about Bo Bergdahl, his sentencing postponed until Monday, until Wednesday, I just heard, just because mm-hmm. a lawyer had a family emergency or something like that. But he's pled yeah. guilty to desertion and misbehavior before the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be sentenced to time served in the Taliban's cage or yeah. the rest of his life. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'd like to see that. I know both sides look like they're digging in now. You're seeing um, comments that he that are being released, but that he said that he's being treated poorly by the U.S. Army. I think you're seeing uh, the prosecution now starting to think about possibly getting him assigned to Leavenworth. Um, they're going to bring in witnesses and of people that were affected by looking for him. Uh, but me personally, I know the Army wants this to go away. And the way it goes away is uh, you sentence him to the time he served with the Taliban. You give him a bad conduct discharge. You take away any back pay he had, which was hundreds of thousands of dollars. You deny him of any kind of veterans' benefits. It's almost like he never served. I think that's punishment enough for for a very troubled young man. Look, we've got to have some sympathy for this kid. Never should have been anywhere near that combat zone. The Army really failed by not paying attention to um, his entrance exams, and the fact that the Coast Guard didn't approve of him uh, means that the Army was just so desperate to bring somebody not only in its ranks but then get him to a combat zone like that. So the Army's got to, I think, uh, take some responsibility for this. Well, the Army itself, its evaluation board, said he had a severe mental disease or defect at the time of the alleged misconduct, schizotypal personality disorder with a couple of other uh, diagnoses, and everything I've read about the guy sounds like he's a severely troubled young man. I mean, his brain just doesn't work right. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of our listeners want him shot or in jail for the rest right. of his life or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... Yeah, that's not going to do anything. That's not going to do anybody any good. Everybody in active duty gets the message now. Don't uh, desert your you know your friends. Don't don't desert. You're going to be punished for it. He made a life mistake, you know, without a really good decision making process. And I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, my Twitter feed is blowing up with special forces guys and all these guys that were affected by what happened. But we've got to be. This is a good example of the country's got to be bigger than this and realize that it made a mistake at the expense. This kid's already suffered enough. Uh, let's try to let, let's let's get him back his life for whatever's going to be left of it. I guess next time, because we're about out of time, I'll have to ask you about because the editorial board for either the WAPO or New York Times said, don't make the same mistakes that Obama made in terms of uh, when we left Iraq. So we've left Kirkuk to the Iranians, it looks like, and Raqqa to the Iranians and Russians, and uh, whether or not that's a good idea. But I guess we'll discuss that next time. Yep. Yes. Right, yeah, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, something tells me we'll have a good 10 to 20 years to discuss this with Mike Lyons, <laughs> CBS military analyst. Thanks, Mike. Great guys, thanks for having me. See you later. That is an interesting story.
the whole non-interventionist angle is we're going to turn these uh, big cities and oil fields and everything like that over to the Iranians. Right. In some cases, the Russians. As they become a regional hegemon. Yeah. Not to be confused with the regional Pokemon, Positive Sean. Do so you have the biggest story of the millennia? Yeah, I do. The insects are, are abandoning us. What? Sounds good at first, but... You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.